Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? It's going. Another wild day here. How about you? Oh, yeah. Today was a little reality check <laughs> in a couple of ways. It was, it was a little, little crazy. Well, let's talk crazy. So uh, Alaska just put out a return to Alaska mandate. If you are an Alaskan returning to the state from outside, which means anywhere else besides Alaska, uh, we have to put ourselves in quarantine. So that's going to be fun. So what's your plan? Two weeks. Two, uh, uh, so I think, uh, I don't know. James and I were just talking, so I think we'll probably go back to Alaska next week and then cross our fingers that uh, I have enough stuff at home. <laughs> I think we do. We have a lot of people to help us, but that was just a little wow. So, And I, we haven't talked to Preston's parents yet, so I'm not sure if they want him sequestered at their house or if we're going to keep him for another two weeks, which means a month. So let, let me wow. just recap what you said, make sure I understood. Return yeah. to Alaska, quarantine upon arrival. Sometime next week. Re return right. next week, the, quarantine upon arrival. Yep. yep. Yikes. Okay. So, so yep. that's the, those are the fundamentals of what you have to do. What have you, what about the particulars? Have you figured out how you're going to get home and where you're going to spend all that quarantine? So all I've figured, I've been looking at flights. Flight loads are really light starting okay. Tuesday. So that's pretty good. That's good. So I think, I think we'll be okay. Um, yeah. So, whew. Okay. Well, okay. wow. Coronavirus joke of the day. Okay. Tell me. This, this, I was clicked onto Facebook and you ever have one of those moments where something just strikes you at just the right moment and it just gets your, get your funny bone. This one got me. I had been, I'd been inside all day with both kids, a first grader getting him and some of my fellow parents through the first day of virtual learning over zoom meeting, which because of my podcasting career, I'm very familiar oh, with. So it, it was a day we had, we had a heck of a day and I couldn't tell you the last time I shoveled so many calories in my face in a single day, just like nervous I eating. So that's setting the stage for this Facebook post that I saw from my friend, Jess Parker, who wrote that the freshman 15 has got nothing on the COVID-19. <laughs> and that one just struck my increasingly enlarging, funny, flabby bone. Oh my God. So I want to make sure we tell people that yes, you can get outside and you got to exercise or we're going to go nuts. Well, let's do that. Let's, let's not have like that formal beginning go. of the podcast. Let's just start no. with the beginning of our conversation. That's already happened. We've been keeping this real, yeah. keeping this raw. I appreciate you so much for yes. your, not just your willingness, Aaron. And, and I'm serious when I say this, your willingness and ability to to speak on the fly Thanks. and just be open up, be an open book. So I say, you know what, we, I, our, Let's keep our doing call it. started, yeah, about three, four minutes ago yeah. and the call started recording the second we connected. So let's just put out this, this whole recording from start to finish. Do it. Do it. Do so it, now do that it. we know how this journey is likely to end for you now, at least now that you're at least going to be going back to Alaska next week, tell me about today. You left Yesterday, Flagstaff, yes. we left you at 7,000 feet in snowy Flagstaff, headed to Santa Fe. Tell me about That's your day. That's right. Santa Fe, New Mexico. So we drove east on uh, Interstate 40, I believe, uh, towards Santa Fe. So we were literally, Aaron, trying to outrun this huge snowstorm. Um, and if you've never driven like in the desert southwest or mid midsection of the mountain west, it's crazy to watch weather blow in. Oh my gosh. So we were literally trying to outrun it. 
and mo for the most part we did. Um, so that was good. But uh, some really interesting perspective when you're on the road for eight hours, you know? I don't know if you've done a long road trip, but you know, interesting things. So it was pretty clear all day that really there's nobody out for a Sunday drive, i.e. Right. sightseeing. People have people have intentions to get someplace, whether they're returning home or they're doing like we're doing. Um, everyone is kind of on a mission. So it was really, I saw a lot of college kids whenever we'd stop for a rest stop, you know, colleges are closed down now. A lot of RVers, so like snowbirds, <laughs> who are obviously returning to their home state, wherever that may be. Um, so a lot of traffic on the highway. Uh, but everybody clearly was paying attention to the rules of staying distant. It was interesting whenever you'd stop at a rest stop, uh, everyone would maintain that social distance, which I thought was kind of awesome. We all just kind of looked at each other like, yep, we, we got this. Um, the other thing I noticed was, you know, this is a major commerce chain, supply chain, right? So those interstates, and maybe I've just been in Alaska too long because <laughs> I, I haven't seen it like this, but you know, so many trucks, you know, Amazon trucks and paper products and food trucks. These are the people, Aaron, who are keeping our stores full. Like, wow. Or as full <laughs> as they possibly can, given the circumstances. Yeah. And, and I've been doing a little research on that. And, and, you know, the reason why the store shelves are clearing out so fast is that the, the staff just can't keep up with restocking. So, you know, the supplies are rolling. Everybody's doing a great job. We all, it's like consumers, we have to just take it down a little bit and let them do their job. Right. So every time I'd pass a trucker, you know, we'd all be like, Oh, thank you. Thank goodness for you. <laughs> Isn't this so, remarkable how it takes an event like this to, for us yeah, to appreciate yeah. those, those small but vital pieces of our lives like, like the supply chain of all the things that we just expect to show up on store shelves or up on our doorsteps these days. Yes. Like I want what I want when I want it and how I want it. And uh, everybody in the world right now is being forced to experience honestly what uh, some of the third world countries have to experience all the time. Like we're really having to, to think about this as a family. And so that was one little interesting piece of perspective. The other um, I don't know if you saw that we went to Meteor Crater. So you've heard about the big meteorite that landed 500 mm -hmm. or 500,000 years ago. Yes, yeah, that mile wide crater that uh, the astronauts you for the Apollo missions. That's where they did all their training for the landings and things. And so I've always wanted to see it. So we drove up there off the road a little bit. Uh, completely deserted stretch of road, like nothing but cows, there's all these range cattle out there and the wind was blowing really hard. Um, and I realized that, you know, the universe and nature and are just and wild things are just going to do what they're going to do no matter what's going on in the rest of the world. So the birds are still going to sing and the wind is still going to blow and um, you know, the sun's going to come up and go down and, and for a little while, that was pretty comforting to know um, that some things are just remaining constant, you know? So I think uh, you and I talked a little bit about, we got to get people outside because that was a really good deep breath moment for us to just realize that, uh, you know, there's, there's some stuff that's staying the same and we need to get out there and step away from the TV and the radio and Facebook and just just breathe out there a little bit, you know? Indeed. I'm sharing my screen with you right now. Are you, are you, are you seeing yeah. this? 
Yeah, so that is my son, Owen. Uh, it was super, super windy at the crater today. Um, and you can see in the distance that weather that was kind of chasing us the whole way, mm -hmm. and that's full of snow and sleet and hail and all kinds of fun stuff. So this is Meteor Crater. Um, it was a meteorite that it's a mile wide across there. So you can go right up there. It's the best preserved meteorite site on the planet. I mean, think about that. That's a a lot of meteors and a big planet. So that is, that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize how close you can get to this thing. So you can hike around the rim, you can go down to the bottom, but it was just too windy to do that. But we took a few minutes to just stand there and let the wind push us around for a little while. <laughs> um, and with no other people, it was kind of a surreal experience. Felt very lunar. <laughs> Well, in case any folks at home are having a surreal experience listening to the podcast, listening to Aaron and I talk about something that we can see that's visual, this would be, I think this is a good time to to remind you that if you head over to familytravel.org slash radio, we do have, or I do have the the links for the videos that Aaron and I have been, uh, the, the video interviews that go along with the podcast. You can actually see both of our smiling, pretty faces and also see some of these photos that I've been putting up and as well as the videos that Aaron's been sharing with me. Again, you can go to familytravel.org slash radio. We've got all that there waiting for you. And we're going to be continuing to add to the, the dedicated page we have set up over there, all these materials, just to kind of show that this is happening in real time. This is evolving literally by the minute. So if you think that we're trying to, to to pull one over on you that Aaron and I really just recorded this two weeks ago. No, not at all. Nope. This is, this is <laughs> as close to live as we've ever come on this podcast. And that's really what we're trying yeah, to even have my glasses on. I know that's how dedicated you <laughs> it's are. Nighttime. <laughs> it's nine o'clock here in New Mexico. And, uh, we're tired. Driving is tired. Uh, I was telling my husband that, you know, every community that we go through, I feel like there's like one more piece of information we've learned that whoops oh boy now that now some restaurants are completely closed and now some hotels are turning people away and and uh, I'm just so thankful we that this is working out as well as it is um, because we've talked about having to be super nimble and pivot around uh, but this it would have been really tricky to try to navigate no hotel room in a strange city and, right. uh, eight hours ahead of us right well that's why I loved like, talking last night about where you were and then. Pretty yeah. sure I said something to the effect of, you know, where do you hope to be tomorrow or where do you anticipate being tomorrow? Because I was optimistic that you would end up in Santa Fe, but never quite knew. Yeah, this is true. This is very and true. So, you know, I was looking at the map tonight and I think I'm, you know, and I mentioned yesterday for those who, who missed out on our chat last night that I get up in the morning and I look at our destination city to see what has happened there and if they have any changes and making sure there's no cancellation emails. I don't know about your inbox, but my inbox is filling up with stuff <laughs> that's just saying, you know, from kids track meets to all this kind of stuff and keeping, you know, all of your uh, updates organized. So I make sure that no hotels are canceling or anything else I need to know. This state of Alaska update came through later today. So uh, it's just been, yeah, it's, it's just been an experience unlike anything I've, I've ever gone through before as far as the travel go. Well, I've had, over the past couple of weeks, I've had I've gotten plenty of those emails, those cancellation emails, but there's two that I'm waiting for. And I touched on this last oh, night, right. still waiting for that email from the Paris Marriott and still waiting for that email from Air France. Cause if my, my assumption is if they don't have, if they can't bring Europeans over from Europe, the chances of Air France actually sending over an aircraft to land in San Francisco that I would ultimately get on and fly back to France. That seems fairly like a fairly slim 
chance that that would happen. And that's sadly what I'm counting on in order to get a refund. Unless it's already, unless it's already that's here. That's true. That's true. But this trip is weeks away, but the one, but I, and to Eric yeah. Francis credit, I could cancel now. It's a normally a non-refund, like the most right. non-refundable of non-refundable tickets. But in this situation, they are allowing folks to cancel now for a, a credit that can be used within 12 months. Happy to take yeah. that if that's the best offer, but I'm kind of playing a little game of chicken with them thinking if they they might end up ultimately canceling the flight that I'll just get the cash refund, but not trying to knock Air France here. That's not what this is about at all. It's just, it's just, it's confu It's a little confusing and a little like, what do I do? I mean, we like to have decisions made, especially for trips like that. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's hard for us as humans, I think, to sit on the fence with this, this kind of thing. So do I stay? Do I not stay? <laughs> it really is. It's so, and it's interesting too, when you're, when you're in a position of, of authority or as a decision maker, when other people depend on you to make a quick and nimble decision, it makes right. it realize how challenging it is when you're in that, that role of leadership. So like, what's your, how would you rate like the, the people who make decisions that affect your life? How would you how would you rate their overall communication ability to make those decisions and communicate them? Yeah, great question, Aaron. I think really overall, everybody has been, uh, you know, top notch. I mean, everyone has been very transparent, which I really appreciate uh, because that's something, you know, I think in situations like this, what are you hiding from me or what are you not telling us? Everybody has, I'm sitting here in the Fairfield in and suites. And, you know, as soon as I walked in, the gal checking his head said, look, the only thing I can tell you is that this is your room key and this is your room. <laughs> there's no breakfast, there's no swimming pool. And, and that's fine. Be up front with us um, and let us know what's going on. So uh, Alaska Airlines, I have to say, has been uh, very, very transparent with information on what they're doing and what we need to do as consumers. Because I think some of the burden is on us to do, to actually, when we decide to act, let's act. Um, we have to ultimately make that decision. Let's talk so. about that for a second. Cause we haven't heard a ton. I mean, I feel like it kind of gets lost in the shuffle, the requirements and the mandates surrounding domestic U S air travel. So you're right in the thick about thick of that right now. Tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. So every state tech at this point, every state decides what they want to mandate as far as who's coming in and who's going out. So um, right now, let's say Alaska, residents of Alaska are being advised to kind of get themselves where they're gonna settle in and settle in. Um, so if you'd like to go home, they're probably suggesting you come home, but now, uh, because our cases have bumped up to nine from six last night. So we had three new cases just in less this than is in Alaska. Hours. Okay. Yeah, correct. So now that's got everybody on edge. Um, and so I think each state is having to decide very carefully uh, and they're bringing in uh, a lot of tourism, a lot of other industry and economic folks to kind of look at and healthcare, of course, to figure out how that they want this to look and what's going to be what's going to be practical for every state. You know, California, your density is so much more than Alaska's. I think they feel like up in Alaska that if we get a, a step ahead of everybody, just because we don't have that many people we can maybe contain this. So I think today's numbers threw everybody into a little bit of a tailspin. So we talked a little earlier about the the moving of freight using the, the, the tractor trailer trucks yeah. you're talking about. So I know this is going to be, sorry, I bumped my microphone there. This is going to be a bit of an Alaska centric question, but you guys rely more heavily on air travel like for, for just moving, not just people, but supplies around 
the very large state of Alaska. So how is that one? How's that supply chain being affected? And two, are they concerned about moving the virus around the state through freight and stuff? Or is that just not a big deal? Well, so initially, I think that was on the forefront of everybody's mind. Uh, but the Port of Alaska, which is based in Anchorage, um, does get regular shipments in via, so we have Tote Maritime Express. So we have you know several vendors that ship up things on barges and on heavy ships. Um, so that has running uninterrupted. Uh, it's the rural communities of Alaska that don't have that barge or ship access that are really suffering right now. So they rely on air freight to get their supplies to them and if so they do this ordering at costco or walmart or wherever they put it they call it a bush order because bush alaska is way out there so if their bush orders can't get filled because the stock isn't being replenished then that's going to set everybody back so we are really concerned about these smaller communities these villages that you know things are really expensive anyway anyway, but like you know try 13 dollars for a gallon of milk that's that's outrageous. Well, how far, how many you hundreds of miles to the nearest cow? Yeah, a long, long, long way. So, and it's all, you know, shipment. I've learned this since moving there. It's all by weight and, you know, things that are super heavy. You're going to cost a lot. Canned goods. Uh, my son was eating a can of ravioli right before I came downstairs. So a can of ravioli goes for about six bucks. Outrageous. Mm-hmm. And if you got teenagers. That's a lot of six bucks, so, six bucks, six bucks, six bucks. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot more to think about just beside, you know, the bulk of, An- of Alaska's population is in Anchorage, but those smaller communities are really, you know, we, we need to make sure we have that infrastructure in place to help them out. Just to kind of offer a, a reference point that maybe folks like myself who live in more suburban, urban areas of the country can can relate to. So for me, I order something, Amazon Prime, it's there the next day, if not the same day. So what does that similar service look like in some of those more remote areas of Alaska? Uh, in remote areas, it can take weeks, weeks, okay, weeks and weeks. And it has to fit on, you know, so there's only jet service to a certain number of communities. So it may go by jet and then it gets on a smaller plane if there's room, you know, between the water and the mail and all that kind of stuff. So it could take a long time. Yeah. So that, that speaks to that notion that, yeah, that the, the boat is slow anyway. And then you add this on top of yes. it. So that's, yes. there's, there's some real, okay, I mean, all these, these new they're not yeah. new challenges. I guess they're old challenges that we had conquered for a long time. And then now suddenly they're, they're rising up again. But y- your point just about just the general positivity, I, I've, I've found that as well. And I'm, I'm not just kind of sugarcoating this. I really, most every single person that we come into contact in some way, mo- most of it's virtual contact is there's a positivity. There's a, we don't have all the answers, but we're going to get through this. You know, you see some, yeah. some kindness and some vulnerability in certain people that you don't always get to see. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I've heard from a lot of people uh, that are making sure, actually, since they're all home together as a family, they're making sure the whole family's getting outside for a hike or a walk, uh, which they don't normally do because, you know, you think about it, our weeks are so crammed with stuff. And by the time you get to Saturday and Sunday, you know, then you got baseball or gymnastics or whatever, but now we don't have that. What a perfect opportunity to go into an outdoor space and spend a little time together. Uh, I'm finding a lot of resources for outdoor scavenger hunts or games you can play as a family and stuff like that, which, you know, this return to a simpler time, doesn't that sound silly? But mm-hmm. but that's what we're being forced to do. And that's awesome. I love it. Another, yeah. At another chuckle moment, scavenger hunts made me think of this. My son's first grade teacher sent, uh, she's been posting stuff throughout the day, just kind of fun 
educational things you can do within the confines of your house. And one was a, an indoor scavenger hunt. And one of the items was oh, cool. two matching socks. And that made me laugh because, yeah, good luck finding two matching socks with the small kids. I don't kids. have any of those. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Maybe behind my dryer. Maybe you can send them to clean behind the dryer or something like that. <laughs> I had an, an unexpected moment that could not have happened if not for the situation. So looking for some silver linings. So my, again, my, I told you my first grade son, they're doing everything virtual. They sent home a bunch of work and then they're doing some, some basic online instruction. It's first grade. It's not too intensive, but once everyone kind of got tuned into zoom and said, Oh, this is a thing. Okay. This is interesting. What if, could we just yeah. get the kids on a zoom call? You know, not with the, cause we, we had that a morning assembly with the principal. They all did the pledge of allegiance virtually, which was kind of cool. Cute. And then the mom started talking and, and my wife's on a, t a text chain with some other first grade moms. And they said, could we get the kids on a zoom call? And my wife Liz texts out, said my, my husband uses zoom all the time. He has a pro account. I can have some, have him set something up if you guys want to. And they said, yeah. So I set up, I called it first grade virtual recess, half the class logs in cool. and all these faces. And then immediately they just start talking to each other. Like like, like their parents aren't five feet away, which we were. And it was like, that was the most raw look into my son's like interaction with his friends that I've ever had and probably ever yeah. would have. Cause when you're just around physically, they just, you don't get that. They, they oh, put the sure. ball and it was so funny. I finally had to shut them down after 45 minutes and say, dudes, we, let's, oh uh, let's we got to pick yeah. this up another time. We got to go do some work. But it was, well, they haven't talked to each they other. They haven't in a seen while. each other. And my yeah. son it, yeah. on day five now of not, not leaving the house, it finally dawned him on him like can i just want to go somewhere can we go to the store yeah. or something he's like no yeah. buddy we it's not that we can't it's just not the right it, we, we should there's no yeah. need to go to the store so anyway this yeah. like look at the eyes that's of a cool. first grader that's really cool yeah and i think we can do that you know i, I mentioned yesterday with all of the connections uh, through travel all of the people that i've met um and the people that my son has met it'd be really great to set up a zoom call with, you know, some of the other kids that we've met in other parts of the world. He was talking today about a trip to Bermuda we did, you know, for, for the family travel summit and some of the people we met over there and what a great perspective to see how everybody is handling it in their own unique way. Absolutely. And isn't it cool to see how many great ideas parents are coming up with because now we're, you know, we're, we're with them all the time. I'm still trying to figure out how to do the teenager. Oh my thing, goodness. But, um, well, but we've had, because, you know, the, I tell people all the time, parallel conversations with teenagers, especially boys, is the way to go. So sitting in the front seat next to me, we're just talking sideways and, you know, I'm not looking mm -hmm. at him. Um, so we had some good conversations, you know, pretty remote territory today and talking about, you know, the homesteaders, you know, what, what if this had happened when they were, you know, living out here? I mean, there's no road. You spent six months to get here. You're living in a sod house. Right. All you have is your husband and your Useless. children. What if they get sick? Yeah. Um, you know, what, what do you do? I mean, I, and I, I've, you know, done quite a bit of research on the Oregon trail and the, the number of children who cross that 40,000 children. Um, but how many wives and mothers really, really struggled with that sense of isolation, especially when something happened. I mean, we, we have this ability to talk to each other virtually, but if your closest neighbor is, 20 miles away. I mean, that's, that's something else. So it was, it was cool to get, to see that on his head. Like, wow, that, that would be really tough. Well, now just the full, the full circle nature of that, that people now would seek out that nearest neighbor is 20 miles away as like a form of recreation. I need to get away. Exactly. Back then it was, there was this, this 
just harsh reality. Like if you get sick, if you get hurt, yeah. if you run out of food, you know, like who do you tell? Nobody. nobody exactly they, right. somebody maybe stumbles nobody. upon your your bones someday yeah. it's yeah it's, it's crazy morbid, but it's but it's, it's crazy, so but true when you're out out uh, not seeing another building for miles and miles and miles it really brings that home you know so keeping gas in the tank oh yeah oh yeah well that's one thing you know alaskans were pretty in tune with that good because I... you can go all day and not find another gas station. So you got to be careful. So there, yeah, I think living up there has prepared me for this sort of journey. Uh, I, lo I love the, the connection there. So let's, let's talk about the boys. So you, the last two nights when we've been yep. on, they were in the pool and you said the pool's closed tonight. So what did they find to do? Pools are closed. Yep. So they are sitting upstairs. They just were reading um, their cross country coach sent out some training uh, regimens that they were both moaning and groaning <laughs> over. So once we get to Golden, so Golden, Colorado is is a very active community and lots of bike right. trails and things. So uh, I am putting that on it as soon as we get there. Um, and then one of their teachers sent out that they have to download The Taming of the Shrew, which is okay. heavy, it reading. Is heavy reading. It's Shakespeare, Shakespeare comedy. And uh, yeah, so uh, I, I, sensing their struggle that's already going to happen. Are you going to insist but, on some but, reading aloud and acting out in the car tomorrow? Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. You're a strong-minded woman, so but maybe not quite that strong. Yeah, that's hard. Uh, Shakespeare and I <laughs> struggled a little bit too, so I totally get it. But but there, you know, today was kind of interesting listening to them talk a little bit. We had a, a meeting with the three of us, very adult meeting, like, okay, guys, when we get there, how long are we going to, you know, probably need to think about when we're going to go home to Alaska and this is what it's going to look like guys. So, um, I have been watching them do FaceTime and stuff with their friends, which I think is really valuable. And I talked about that the first night that, that we chatted that they need that connection with each other. So, um, yeah, teenage boys, this is a different animal. It's not just keeping their physical needs satisfied and, and toys and things to play with. Uh, these are really kind of higher thinking young men who are feeling a lot of stuff. And so I want to make sure I'm, I'm tuned into what's going on. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, a lot of folks around the world. Of course, your situation, my, yeah. we're never going to forget this. You know, this is, we're going to move on. No. And most of us are going to come out alive, fortunately. And, and but it's, we're never going to forget this. It'll be part of us. Yeah. Till yeah. And I, I impressed that on them too, that, you know, if you, we, we were up hiking and uh, there was a guest book to sign and there were a few people that had been there before us and said, Hey, we're, we're escaping the coronavirus by taking a hike. And I said, you guys understand that this is going to go into like the journals of history here. Uh, not since the pandemic of 1918, have we really seen something to this level and there's stories about it. There's movies about it. There's all kinds of things. So don't forget where you are right now. Right. And then just thinking, we've talked about it a few times, the technology and the communication, that so many of these stories about the coronavirus are coming out more or less in real time and yes. in very, very fact-based as opposed to kind of caricatures of a, of a time long ago. And that's, that's interesting too. Certainly there'll be stories told about this and perhaps movies made, uh, but so many of the stories are unfolding but literally before our eyes and yours isn't an example of that unfolding right here on the podcast and, and on your website and on your social media, AK on the go, which is started out as Arizona on the go. Now you're into New Mexico on the go and Colorado That's on right. the go tomorrow. You're just on the go, Aaron Kirkland. 
I'm everywhere. That's where we are. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's part of what we do. And, and, uh, we're just trying to, you know, like we, we say, we're just trying to do what we can where we are and, and trying to stay off an airplane for a couple of days and take this opportunity to just, you know, see what the rest of the U S is doing. And, and it's interesting when we go through a small town, I, I always kind of wonder like, so how are they doing? Yeah. You know, I mean, how, what, what kind of information are they getting and, and how are they feeling with all this? Cause that's totally different than Denver, Colorado. Sure. Well, let's, so yeah. the journey concludes tomorrow. We'll, we'll be, we'll remain, yep. we'll remain optimistic. At so far point. you've ended <laughs> up in the city that, that you said you were going to be the night before. Right. And so the journey ends tomorrow and we're going to get, we'll have to work out the, the details, but we're going to get you back on, not just on the podcast, but on the Facebook live to sort of bring this all home. And I'm actually also going to invite on a, another gentleman whom you know, Richard D'Ambrosio, who is on the East Coast. He just returned home to New York today after driving down to Coastal Carolina University to pick up his son, who was, his oh school was evacuated. And so he had a, whole, a road trip, a very purposeful road trip, like you were talking about earlier, a very man on a mission road trip. We're going to bring him on to, to participate wow. in that conversation as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean we're parenting and we're traveling and we're trying to stay healthy and there's just a lot of, lot of stuff happening right now. And just to make it clear, there's been a little bit of fuzziness on this point. So I really want to be clear about this, what Aaron's doing. And then what, like I just described what Richard's doing, this is necessity travel. This isn't just pleasure travel flying in the face of this coronavirus threat. This is not what this is about. Aaron's travel is very purposeful. It's very necessary. We're just documenting it allowing, giving Aaron, uh, very grateful for you to come on and happy to give you a platform to, to share your story. And that story, or at least this chapter of the story is going to wrap tomorrow night, but then that's back home to Alaska. And then maybe live from quarantine begins. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll do some, uh, outside podcast. Absolutely. Well, Aaron, well, I'm going to let yeah, you go. Yeah. Go enjoy the rest of your evening as best as you can there. Get some rest. Batman. Big drive tomorrow and we'll check in again soon. We've been chatting once again, Aaron Kirkland from akonthego.com. I'm going to have links to that in the show notes. So you can check out Aaron's website, links to the social media, the Instagram and the Facebook. So you can follow along with her journey on social. Aaron, talk tomorrow. Happy travels. Thanks, Aaron. See ya. You know that there's more to life than your work, but do your kids know? Last year, 55% of American parents didn't use all their vacation days. Taking time off to travel lets you show your kids different sides of the world and different sides of yourself, like the side that does things like this. Family travel is easier and more affordable than you might think. You brought them into this world, now show it to them. Discover the possibilities at familytravel.org. Hey, it's Aaron Schlein. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Family Travel Radio. All the notes for this episode and for every episode of the podcast are available at familytravel.org slash radio. All right, my friend, until we meet again, this is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I am signing off. <laughs>